0: Hey everybody! Welcome to UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy Bulsey. I am joined by Dane Young and former Georgia head coach Jim Donnan, the, folk that the man that everyone's here to see. So we appreciate him being on the show with us today. Uh, dressed in black by Johnny Cash, we love it. Uh, he's got a uh, championship run to be on, and I, I like the black there, Coach. You look pretty sharp. So uh, let's uh, got a lot to talk about. But before we get into the georgia versus alabama and a recap of georgia versus georgia tech or even all the craziness that's going on in college football right now and give a quick shout out to our sponsors uh folks if you get a chance hit up Dead deadsoxy they still have their buy one get one free they hit me up late last night and said hey we're still doing the buy one get one free we've extended it uh, 48 hours so you still got a chance to uh get the great uh socks they have uh buy one get one free so get one for yourself and then get one for your friends or it, it hey it's Christmas time, so jump on it. Also, a big shout-out to our friends at uh, Athens Ford, who uh, sponsor our show. They sponsor our watch-along. Uh, wants to say hey to Academia Brewing Company. Great place to watch the game this Saturday if, you need, uh, if you're need. If you not going to be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And, of course, if you want to watch the game with some good food, hit up our friends at Your Pie. So, anyway, Coach, uh, big win over Georgia Tech. One of the biggest margins of victory over them. Come Another shout-out, third shout-out of the season. Uh, Georgia's defense just absolutely filthy. And, again, doing this without some key players. You know, some guys were injured. You didn't see uh, uh, Jamari Sawyer out there. You didn't see Chris Smith out there. Some guys banged up. You know, Kiaris Jackson got uh, a little twinge halfway through the game. But you still just absolutely destroyed Tech. But it's almost like that was so expected that there's nothing really to talk about. So let's look forward, if you will, to Georgia, Alabama, and give me your thoughts on the game that we've all been expecting ever since last year.
1: Yeah, I just want to congratulate Coach Smart and his staff for just total dominating performance. It's, it's very difficult to uh, sometime when your opponent is undermanned and uh, you're better than that, to go out and take care of business. But, you know, the efficiency we played with without the penalties, without the just uh, mental errors, we just looked very efficient. And uh, that just shows you what kind of preparation our team makes every week. Now, uh, there's just something about being a coach, player, staff member, fan, anything about a championship week. It's just uh, one of those things that you, that you live for. I mean, that's why you coach. that's why you play uh, to have a chance to win the league and 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 say that you're the champion. Uh, it's just nothing like it, regardless, what age level you are? Uh, you, you just feel like that uh, you got a chance to show, stretch your stuff, show what you've uh, done, and uh, get to the ultimate. Certainly, uh, it's a big stage with the SEC championship, and how many times you get one versus who knows whether Alabama be two or three doesn't matter. But it's just uh, a, a very good opportunity to uh, kind of culminate. the the, your first goal and and then your second is to get in the championship playoff and then third win it so as far as the thoughts on the game uh i I think it probably helped us a little bit just to have a, a fallback with alabama winning and the reason i say that is if alabama lost and moved back to sixth or seventh and then by some way or fortune uh unfortunate for us beat us then uh we could probably drop a little bit further and we don't want to drop any further than we have to if we lose. Now I'm not saying that I'm uh, not even thinking about that, except <laughs> there, there was a silver lining there. Uh, if you lose the number two or three, you're not going to drop out. That's a great point.
0: Know? Great point. So, I didn't think about that.
1: So I'm not uh, going to talk about that anymore because that's not in my uh, mailbox right now, but <laughs> I was thinking that when the game happened and it was just total collapse by Auburn. I mean, Tremendous game, really did well, but they just uh, coaching blunders, uh, player blunders, whatever it means, in the pressure, and Alabama took advantage of it. But uh, let's just analyze this Alabama team real quick. Offensively, got a terrific quarterback, good receivers, pretty good tight end. They're hurting a little bit in the running back situation and the fact that Robinson either has a hamstring issue or a lower ankle issue. I don't know what it is, but He's going to be uh, not full speed, but uh, I'm sure if he can play, he will. And uh, then they, their uh, offensive line has issues. Center, right tackle have been uh, revolving door all year injury-wise and playing. So they've really had a hard time protecting uh, Young. And uh, you saw Auburn really sell the ranch last week, and we're going to need to do that. But if I'm Alabama playing against this Georgia defense, you got to figure they're going to use the Tennessee plan and spread us out and try to get people in space and and help protection a little bit. Last year, with the great receivers they had, they helped their protection against by using two tight ends, what we call 12 personnel, closing in their formation, and just max protect and run two- and three-man routes. I don't think they can do that with this offense. I think they'll have to go more one-back, no-back, and try to get quick-release stuff and throw uh, screens and – underneath stuff and uh, try to get young moving in the pocket a little bit because he does that really well defensively they're uh, one of the best players in the country will anderson probably the recruit that we missed on more than any in uh, georgia since kirby's been here he's got uh, unbelievable recruiting what he's done and he continues to do it this year but you know there's a kid from georgia that's you know among the best players in the country that we pretty much struck out on and uh, you, you don't know how we overlooked him or what happened, but w- by the time we got on him, Alabama had him. But the, the he's he's a nightmare to try to uh, kind of like Anderson for us, and uh, you, you got to prepare for him and, and make sure you take care of him in protection. Comparing last year to this year, from from offensive perspective, I don't think we're quite as good an offensive line. We're definitely better at tight end. We're just as good, if not better, at quarterback, running back, receiver. Is- kind of a push at Pickens' place, probably better. Their defensive line is okay. Their linebackers are a little better. Their corners are okay. Their safeties are okay. So uh, I think we got a little edge there if we'll just protect. Uh, Look for us to maybe throw the ball a little more and, uh, you know, spread them out too and attack their safeties. You saw LSU, uh, do. I mean, excuse me, you saw uh, Texas A&M do that with a tremendous proficiency. Uh, Just unbelievable way Cal you know that kid threw the ball that day. So work your tight end against your safeties. Uh, move the move your backs out of the backfield like we did last year. And uh, other than that, special teams. You know Kirby keeps talking about it, but uh, you watch games throughout the country last week. Uh, Oklahoma lost in the Bedlam series. They had two special teams touchdowns scored against them, and. When your defense isn't very good, and, and the team runs back a kickoff for a touchdown, and you fumble the ball on a three on a punt, boy, those are just killers. So we got to stress that in this game, and uh, just little things like last night. You watched that game with uh, on TV where uh, they're kicking an extra point to go up ten seven, routine extra point. The kick's blocked and the team runs it back for a uh, two-point play. Instead of being up 10-7, it's 9-9. Nine, nine. So all these little things that uh, all you people that are out there listening to the old coach here, those little things add up in big games. I know uh, a lot of championship games that, that I played in or coached in, the best team doesn't always win. That, that happens sometimes. The best team loses it. So you got to be careful that your kids aren't so amped up, that they make mental errors, that they do dumb things that you don't expect them to do. And I know Kirby always talks to our team about playing within the within yourself, play your job, do your job. And I feel like if we do that, we'll win.
2: Dan, give me your thoughts. You know, I look at this. I, I think Georgia has an edge in this game. Just overall, talent on the roster, consistency throughout the year. You look at Alabama, uh, probably should have lost to Auburn, could have lost to Arkansas, probably should have lost to LSU. The Florida game was tied at the end. Three of those teams, Georgia beat handedly. But one thing I look at, one particular matchup, and it's interesting that they'll probably be going against each other. These are two of the best recruiting teams in the country. But even with that, they pride themselves on filling the little holes in the roster often created from NFL draft and players leaving early through the transfer portal. They found that that's an asset for how you uh, do your roster management. Alabama on one side, Jamison Williams, their most explosive offensive player. And you saw when he went out with the targeting penalty against Auburn that their entire offense changed. They just weren't nearly as explosive as we've seen them be all year long. That guy's a difference maker for Alabama. Who's going to be guarding him? Darion Kendrick, transfer from Clemson. So you have one-year transfers on each side of this, and which one's going to get the best of the other one?
0: Great points. I, I didn't even thought about that matchup. You know, the guys that would have, you know, different uh, programs last year. Coach, uh, I've seen a lot of people kind of hemming uh, and hawing. They, they read a lot into the coaching situation, you know, Kirby versus Saban. And Kirby was asked about that, and he's like, uh, you know, you've I've, yeah, I've gone against him three times, but it's not, you know, we're not taking the snaps. We're not throwing and catching. Uh, it's, it's the players versus the players. And I just kind of feel like, this year, even though Georgia's had a lot of guys injured, um, right now they're they're finally on the same platform as Alabama. I've covered a lot of Georgia-Alabama games in my years, and ever since Saban's been there, it has never felt like Georgia could go toe-to-toe from a player personnel standpoint. And this year, Phil, is completely different.
1: Yeah, I mean, any way you look at it, uh, you look at our personnel and the recruiting the way we've done it uh, and roster management, uh, Losing guys to uh, early draft, all that stuff. We've just been magnificent at it. And avoiding uh, playing poorly when you lose an injured player, we've done a great job on that. I mean, we first uh, faced a lot of adversity this year. You know, one of the things uh, Coach Switzer taught me, because we're playing against Tom Osborne. I mean, that's, you know, every year that's it. Oklahoma uh, versus Nebraska comes down to that. And he said, "Coaching won't win for you. We're not going to outcoach Tom Osborne, and he's not going to outcoach us. But it'll lose for you." But from Great what point. he meant, what he meant there was, if you don't do everything that they do, and prepare the way they do, and do everything that you're supposed to as an individual, as a coach, whatever your unit is, then then you could get a, a situation where they outfox you or something like that. But as long as you know your system and do your stuff. It gets down to, you know, just individuals making plays or stopping plays. And that's the way we always try to look at it. We just said, hey, we're going to we're gonna know what we can do and make them beat us. We're not going to beat ourselves. And that's uh, what our team's done this year. If you look at the lack of turnovers in big games, the lack of turnovers, the lack of penalties, the mental discipline, the kicking game. I mean, all the little things add up to an extremely well-coached team. Uh, I watched – teams around the country and you watch little things like how do they cover kickoffs? If they cover kickoffs, horse manure, it pretty much shows you that they don't go into the details that you got to do. I mean, you, you got to cover your kickoffs. I mean, every, a lot of guys kick them out of the end zone, but uh, you, you give up a kickoff return. I mean, that's, that's really slow death there. You got to do what you got to do there and the way you practice it. I mean, the other thing that's important that everybody probably doesn't understand because you don't know the rules and I don't either uh, about little things but this week here uh, is not the normal week because it's a championship week and it's not a game uh, during the what they call a regular season then we, we're not under the same rules that we would be if we were playing a regular game by that I mean uh, you have 20 hours if you're playing a student athlete in any sport and you're playing in a regular uh, game you have 20 hours a week to work on practice meeting uh, lifting weights everything 20 and the game counts three hours so you got 17 hours right and you have to take a day off between your last one of the days of that seven between your last play but this week because of the championship game instead of us doing what we do on monday which is get the tech game out of the way start stretching and working and and, and going on Alabama. We were able to do that on Sunday and and, uh, not have to take a day off. So we got an extra day just like Alabama does. But our team uh, is really going into Tuesday with uh, two days behind us instead of one and a very effective uh, use of the time by Kirby. This guy is a (laughs) micromanager preparation and uh, he really knows how to get his team ready and, uh, you know, I just think the one thing that I want to harp on here is what's happened in the past It's nothing you can do about it. I, I mean, I wish my wife was still alive. I wish there's a lot of things I could take uh, take back in games. I remember uh, in, in 1967, we're playing for a national championship, and we're, we got fourth and two against Penn State, and our guy gets stopped on the half-yard line. I, I think about that three or four times a year. I used to think about it every night. But, hey, uh, Jasper Sanks, all those things, you can't can't do anything about it except put yourself in the misery index. So we can't get too caught up in saying, here we go again. And that's the other thing that I always felt like that I learned as a coach that I really try to tell our team. You, You know, when you play a team that you know you are as good as or better than, you always feel like, regardless of what happens in the game, you never let it enter your mind that you're going to lose. You And deep down, that other team thinks they're going to lose to you because of what's going to happen. So, in this case, Alabama's got that going for them because we've had a situation where we haven't been able to, to beat them, but none of these guys played much in those games. Maybe one or two did in 17. I can't even remember, but... The point is, the past, you learn from the past and learn what you did right and what, what will help you. But uh, preparation for a big game is key to me. I mean, and, and people on here have heard me say before, if uh, when you're in college or you're in high school or you're actually going in for a big deal, if you know the material and you feel good about it and you go in to take a test, you, you do pretty well on it because you prepared. But if all of a sudden you, you're up in the air and it's hanky-panky, I'm not sure and all that, then you're going to have a hard time with it. So preparation is key here. Know your opponent. Our kids have got these uh, iPads. They take home with them. They study their opponents. They can watch every play that, that the kid across from them played all year long. They can watch his steps. They can watch his technique. They can watch his stance. Does he have a lot of weight forward on his – uh, when he goes uh, straight ahead, or is he on his haunches when he's pulling? Uh, does he use his inside foot uh, back when he's going to the outside? Does he have his outside foot back when he's going to the inside? All these little things you look at when you know your opponent, and then it gets down to can you operate on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock? Excuse yeah. my little diatribe there, but I was
0: <laughs> no, it's
1: follow up stuff, a little but- bit there.
2: That's a reason. Hey, Roddy, here. like four people in the comments that said, you need to change your uh, Zoom name. There, you still have eleven and O. Georgia's oh. twelve and O, my friend. Uh, you're not giving credit for Georgia Tech these days. Uh, well, I so mean, I, I'm
0: counting the team. The, the games account.
2: You know? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Coach, you had ask, I, I looked at this earlier in the week. The players currently on Georgia's roster that were on the 2017 national championship team. There's seven of them, you're right, most of them uh, didn't play, but that's Joy in Rochester, Amir Speed, Stetson Bennett, William Poole, Robert Beale, Latavius Brini, and Justin Schaefer.
0: That's uh, a hey, all those guys are your senior leaders right now, guys. You're actually abs- absolutely you're gonna lean on. And I, they know that the guys that surround them that this team can win. Uh Going into these games, I've seen that, I've gotten that kind of feeling. Georgia's like, well, if we do everything right, you know, if we play a perfect game, we can beat Alabama. If we, if we, if we don't have any mistakes, we can beat Alabama. And I think Coach is 100 percent correct. Sometimes you go in these games thinking the other team is going to win. You're hoping you're going to win, but you're thinking the other team can. I think that's the reverse right now. You see, Alabama fans are selling their tickets. Not everybody, but there are a lot more Alabama tickets from the Alabama side than there are from Georgia side. the the, the prices for this game are through the roof and it's that's being pushed by georgia fans want to be there georgia's a favorite in this they're not it's been years since they've been a favorite in the sec title game uh they're coming into this uh with confidence and again it's not just uh well we blew out a bunch of teams we're only allowing 6.9 points a game it's when you look up and you look at each uh matchup you're like well that's a tie or an advantage for Georgia or, okay, okay. That's an advantage for Alabama, but there's three more advantages here for Georgia. That's why I'm thinking when you watch the, I mean, go through the list of the players, it's like, this is one of the few times I feel like Georgia actually has better players on the most part than Alabama does. I think coach nailed it in his opening there about uh, when you look at the offense, this offense versus that defense and, it's where you're able to point to more areas of concern with Alabama, the center, the right, the right tackle. You know, it's, uh, yeah, Georgia has definitely had some issues and some holes there. Uh, both teams are having an issue with pass protection, but uh, they're down to one healthy scholarship running back at Alabama. Georgia's got four or five. You might even get Kendall Milton back for this game. Uh, you may not have Jamari Sawyer, but you got Broderick Jones, which is, you know, you, you definitely want Jamari Sawyer back there. But again, that's an issue where you're replacing a five-star with a five-star. Now, Alabama does the same thing. But in years past, if Georgia had this many five-star guys out, you didn't have Adam Anderson. You didn't have Jamari Sawyer. You don't have Tate Ratledge. You know, hey, George Pickens just getting back. You're like, we don't stand a chance. And you wouldn't. They would blow your doors off. But this year, you've been able to replace them with some damn good players. And I think the confidence is there from the Georgia players and the coaches. I think, Coach, you're 100% right. Don't coach – don't put them in a situation where you lose the game, but just get them in a position where they can win it and hope that they continue to make the same huge plays that they've seen and done in the past. So,
1: I think the Auburn-Alabama game is a, is a tremendous example of what I just tried to uh, articulate to everybody. And it's that, you know, deep down – Auburn's got to say, well, you know, hey, here we go again. Uh, the, yeah. You know, we, we had our shot here. We could have run the clock out. Now we've given them a chance. And, uh-oh, it's fourth down, and they made it. Good God, they're going to score. Now we're in overtime. Uh, they made a two-point play. We made ours. Uh, hey, you know, though, all those things are reflecting in your mind because of the, you know, the rivalry game and the fact Alabama's kind of had them. But, but also, in their own mind, they were using, hey, the jordan Hare. Situation: We got them here. We got these fans crazy. We, we might be able to do it, and I think that propelled them throughout the game. Said, hey, it's really happening. Alabama's re- reacting to it. They're not handling it very well. They're making mistakes. That the crowd's taking over. So it just goes a seesaw back and forth with your emotions and your mental preparation and the way you look at things. And you, you know, you got to look at uh, like I used to say, uh, uh, some some quarterback coach is talking to a guy. Let's just say you got A guy and B guy here. A comes up. Man, if they press us and they come out with blitz, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if we can hold these guys. I don't know if we can get off the line. We, we're going to have a hard time as compared to this guy. Hey, listen, if they line up and press us and they bring the house, we're going to kick the dog out of them. <laughs> I mean, that's the way you got to look at yeah, it. Yeah, you know? 100%. Uh, it's just uh, it, it's the reality. But you can't be over over both ways, or I maybe made it a little bit bad on the negative and the positive, but you got to kind of meet it in the middle. But uh, you, you've got to be uh, of the of uh, have that belief that you know you know your assignment, you know your technique. Both guys know their assignment, both knows their technique. Then the best athlete's gonna execute and it gets down to athleticism. But if you don't know your assignment and you don't know your technique, a lesser guy will whip you using that. So it gets down to a lot of those little things in a game like this. And uh, we got some excellent teachers over here. I, I really, you know, I got a lot of time and I don't get to go over much, but I, I, lo- I love to see uh, somebody taking a player and spending the time to show him, if you do this instead of that, it's going to help you be a better player. Even though you're a five-star athlete and you use this little little gimmick or technique, it's going to help you in the clutch. And that's what you always got to do. I thought uh, Saturday was a tremendous example of number eight for Alabama, knowing his technique going against McCrary, who's had an unbelievable game against them. I mean, that that secondary made every play they needed to make for uh, Auburn throughout the game. But here we go. We're going for the game. We're on the goal line. It's me versus you. It's Donnan versus Dane. It's Roddy versus Don. Whoever it might be, it's one-on-one for the state of Alabama championship to get you – Back in the in the playoff race, and you got to beat your guy on the right technique on the goal line. He takes an inside step and makes that guy think he's going to go inside and pivots back to the outside and pull his pants down. I mean, that's all he does. He just out executing, and then Bryce Young put the dime on him, and the game's over. So uh, they might get down to that, but you know that's why you have technique. We did the same play down there in a different end zone when when. Uh, when A. D. Mitchell did it against Auburn. Remember that? Yep. And we, we talked it on the watch along. It's the same exact play where you look like you're gonna run a crossing route and then you go back out to the and do the pivot out. So uh, it, it was outstanding play by eight. That was a good play. Well let's just get up by thirty five so we don't have to worry about it.
0: You know, you don't have to worry about <laughs> one play. Let's just, you know, just not scoring by fifty and <laughs> take the second half off.
2: Coach, you had talked about the the emotional and, and I guess the mental side for Georgia and like you know how how things can feel like they're going a certain way. I want to quickly touch on the physical difference of the last two weeks for these teams. So Georgia starters having to play halves against Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech, a, a lighter road at this point. Alabama coming off two SEC games, the latter being Auburn, which was very physical. I mean Auburn's defense was roughing them up for a good while in that game. Is that a legitimate physical advantage in terms of the recovery of Georgia's guys as compared to Alabama's guys?
1: Who knows? I mean, I don't know. Answer that, Roddy. I, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've always seen this where we talk about one team getting back later than the other team. But for me, when I see these guys, uh, they're 18, 19, 20-year-old Uber athletes, I think they're going to be when they get six, seven days to rest before they have to play again. I, I don't read a whole lot into that. I've seen, I remember seeing that people talking about the, uh, you know, Georgia playing out in the Rose Bowl and having to come all the way back in at night and, you know, Alabama not having to and that title game. And I'm like, look, these kids, now from an injury standpoint, I think you're definitely onto something there. Those guys get banged up and you've got sore muscles and you got aches and pains and stuff like that. Uh, Robinson, you know, they're very talented running back you know if he's got a hamstring issue you know uh, it could be exacerbated by that but uh, to me it's more of an injury than a fatigue thing you know do you have enough time for your if you'd been playing two really rough games that georgia had and you needed you know Keiris jackson to gut it out if you needed uh jamari sawyer to come back uh, I, you saw Nolan Smith up there right before the game. I tweeted, I don't think Nolan Smith is going to play in this game because you don't need him. You know, But he went out there with that huge brace on his elbow, and uh, he's ready to go. Uh, if you have time to rest those guys, then it's great. But if you have time from a fatigue standpoint, hell, take a long nap. Those, those guys will bounce right back. I, I'm not worried about the fatigue. I'm just worried about the recovery time.
1: And you can look at it the other way. It's a great question, Dane. Don't get me wrong. But you can look at it the other way. Uh, are we going to be in shape to play a full quarter game? I mean, we we haven't had to play that many snaps. Uh, certainly, we do a lot of conditioning and we do everything. Uh, and I wouldn't say that we wouldn't be, but it it really is a reality that we hadn't had to. So uh, these guys have been playing two two quarters, three quarters. I mean, Jordan Davis, most plays he's played all year is like thirty in it. So. I mean, uh, how, many, how many snaps are you going to have it? I mean, uh, so you can look at it both ways, but I would a whole lot whole lots rather finish the game at 2.30 and the other team finish late at night. There's no question about that. But uh, we can cover a lot of different angles on this game, that's for sure. And We're going to talk about something else we, first. We've so. got to be careful about in, in a situation like this, in an indoor setting is cramps because your anxiety level is such that, you know, you're just uh, on top of the fact that you're going at such a rate against another team that's so good that, that you just uh, use a lot of energy. And you got to be real careful about hydrating all week and doing everything. And and of course there's going to be some guys laying on the field like they have cramps anyhow. I mean, (laughs) you can do some of that too from both teams, but. I uh, always worried about the indoor a little bit about, uh, and I don't know if they could open it up or not. I don't know what the rule is for uh, if they have to keep it closed or, uh, you know, it can be nice day. So we'll see about that. But uh, I'll just sit on
0: my couch. I don't care if they open it or not. So
1: <laughs> cool. well, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have the watch along show, and I hope yep. everybody uh, they can't go to the game will watch us instead of and follow along with us instead of listening to uh cbs but i mean it's up to you but uh i guarantee you we'll have a lot of fun with it and we'll 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 know what's going on because uh as much as the as everybody uh you know the players the coaches everybody likes to get ready i'm gonna tell you right now the old coach my ass gonna be ready i'm gonna (laughs) come out there smoking on that watch long show because i'm gonna have it because i'm i want to see the dogs do it I'm going to tell you how they're doing it because uh, they're going to get after them.
0: Yeah, you freaked me out last week. This is going to be a uh, toss to Bowers into the boundary. and he, Or what? Is it, toss to – who is it? Yeah, he tosses a mirror into the boundary and he gets a toss in the boundary, runs a touchdown. Hey, just throw it to 19. Just throw it to 19. and throw it to 19. It's a 77-yard touchdown. You're, you're kind of creeping me out. It's it's unhealthy to know, know that much about football. Anyway, I do. I don't know much about football, but I do know about a couple of our sponsors. I want to mention, and one of them is uh, our friends at Dead Socksy. I've been wearing their socks for each game. Georgia's twelve and zero. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that there is something there. If you want need lucky socks, get them from our friends at Dead Socksy right now. I got an email from them uh, late last night. So I know they work into the wee hours of the morning because they said, "Hey, uh, that buy one get one free." That's been so fantastic for uh, all the Georgia people using it. We're extending it for 48 hours. So today and tomorrow, you can do the buy one, get one free from our friends at Dead Soxie. They are incredibly comfy socks. They are red and black themed. They are Georgia themed. They are fantastic. They stay up. You know, if you uh, have your trouble with your socks sliding down, you will not have that trouble with our friends from over at Dead Soxy. So I appreciate them and the stuff that they do. Uh, And I also want to mention, again, just go to the website, Dead Soxy and uh, click on colleges and you'll hit it. Also, want to mention to their friends, Academy Brewing Company. Uh, great place to watch the game. So, if you want to watch uh, the, you know, don't want to, you're not heading to Mercedes Benz, swing over to Academia Brewing Company. They've got all these TVs, gigantic TVs everywhere. They've got fantastic beer. They have fantastic food. They're always doing collaborations. Um, they, do a, they have Tuesday trivia tonight. So Thursday, they're going to have a live music. Uh, uh, Wim Templey apparently. So, don't know who that guy is. Uh, new beers. Uh, yeah, they got in uh, Fodor's Travels. Um, uh, that's a article. I mean a uh, magazine, and they're talking about what's the best beer city in the United in the U.S. And they're talking about Athens, and they you know, talking about Creature Conference and Terrapin. Well, guess who's also on the list? Our friends over at uh, Academia Brewing Company. So. Uh, they're starting to get that kind of national recognition. Everybody in the state starting to learn who Academia Brewing Company is. And I just tell you, hit them up when you get a chance. So big friend, big fans of the folks at Academia Brewing Company. And if anybody wants to know where I'm at, I'm at Classics at Eats. So if you're in Watkinsville, you need a place to watch the game. We, we did our watch along here uh, for the Charleston Southern game. This place was absolutely packed. So another good place to watch the game when you get a chance.
2: Hey, Dane, let's uh, hit up some of those questions if you get a chance. Yeah, we'll bring up uh, the questions here as uh, Coach gets back. I, I will say for this watch-along, uh, I think we'll have the best numbers that we'll have this year. It's a lot cheaper if you want to watch the game with us than uh, paying to go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium because have you seen some of the ticket prices for this thing, Roddy? Yeah, that's kind of mind-boggling.
0: Uh, somebody, somebody actually asked me on Twitter. They uh, said, hey, look, I sold my tickets. I, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't turn down the money that I was getting. But now that I see that Alabama fans are selling their tickets, uh, should I I buy a set? I've never been to an SEC championship game before. And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, you'll have made money on the tickets that you sold and you'll be able to buy them back cheaper. Isn't that the whole point of, uh, you know, uh, short selling? So, you
2: know. Well, Eric Stokes (laughs) says that he's getting hit up by people all over the the place and he doesn't even go to school here anymore. (laughs) Hey, it's a lifetime experience. I mean,
1: go ahead and – I mean, but he's asking me, is it worth spending four hundred bucks? Nineteen eighty, followed the dogs all the way to New Orleans. Everything, hey, same thing here. If you if you can take out a loan, just go for it. Uh, The
0: kids don't need to go to college. Screw that. No, I think they can get loans.
1: Just an unbelievable atmosphere when you when you plan for a championship, and uh, this is
0: against Alabama. This is going to be a big one. You win this one. The celebration will be through the roof.
1: You know, I, I remember, uh, you know last week uh, when I was out in Oklahoma, uh, we were just sitting around and talking and, and reliving things. And uh, I was talking to my son about 1985 when we when we walked out on the field together against Penn State. And, you know, he's 12 years old and uh, we're maybe 13. And we're walking down there and Joe Paterno comes up and, says hello to me and uh, you know you know, when you look about at some of their players and we talked about 1987 when he's two years older and we're looking at Miami's players and holy mo and that's one thing i told our team before the game and we got to look at players in Oklahoma, I said, under no circumstances look at their team until you get out there on the field <laughs> don't look at them in warm-ups because god knows those guys unbelievable athletes hmm.
2: Good transition into our questions from our listeners over the dog vent at ugasports.com, which you can join right now for 80% off. You need to hop on that deal. Just go to ugasports.com. There's a banner at the top that'll guide you there. So, Coach, this is uh, you mentioned Oklahoma. Uh, this question from Dean Dog Have you been contacted about the OU job?
1: Yeah, about who's going to get it. They didn't ask me about it, uh, <laughs> offering it to me. But, uh, you know, there, this one guy took a picture of me and Coach Switzer in the deli out there. Uh, eating lunch, and he he's put it out on the internet and said, "Hey, which one of these two going to be the coach?" But uh, it was kind of funny switching around and left at it. But uh, you know, here's the thing about Lincoln Riley. I mean, you got to look at it from his perspective first. And uh, he's got a chance to be the top program in in that league, as compared to coming in here in two years or one year, whenever they come and and start out maybe. Fifth or sixth, seventh at best in in the SEC, and uh, just uh, that's the way he looked at. It. He's thirty eight years old. It's life changing experience. I mean, he built a new house out there in Oklahoma. I mean, I, I rode by it. I mean, good lord, looked like a unbelievable. It looked like a motel to me. But uh, so <laughs> uh, well, he has to he has to sell the house that he's living in, and then sell that one. They bought both of them and gave him five hundred more on each one of them, and then bought him a house out there in uh, Beverly Hills, someplace for six million. So he got about fifteen million dollars worth of real estate before he even put put his whistle out out, out there. So uh, uh, plus the money he's getting, and uh, so th- that's a that job doesn't surprise me. Him moving there as much as Brian Kelly at sixty years old coming down here. Uh, to get into this league at LSU. I mean, he's he's going to have a tough road to hoe, no question. LSU's a good team, but uh, he, he's not going to be playing those ACC teams like he's been knocking around and poor Stanford team and all these others. He, he's going to have a tough road to hoe. but he's also going to have a pretty good bank account there for, uh, you know, take on down to Florida to his retirement, that's for sure.
2: Let's get back to some questions about Georgia and Alabama, and if we want to touch on the coaching stuff later, uh, college football is moving faster than ever. Uh, we can get to that uh, at the tail end of the show. This from Strange Noah. After multiple weeks of poor offensive line play, how does uh, Roddy and Coach think that Alabama chooses to attack uh, this defense? They seem to have big disadvantage and could further be hindered with a running back that's less than 100%.
1: Well, he makes a good point. They They don't have the dominant offensive line. They've given up more sacks than they ever have. They've had a very in, insufficient running game because of missed blocks and lost yardage plays, and really the whole team's been riding the back of this young quarterback. So, uh, what do you do when you you just don't say, "Hey, we can't block, we can't do it"? So you've got to find a plan. Do you, you know? Do you use a tight end to help over there on the on the right side? Do you? Uh, Use a back to help chip the guy when they go out. Do you keep the backs in? Do you run like I talked in the initial part? Line up and spread out and throw the ball quickly. You know, if you do what you're supposed to in the air raid, like um, like so many teams, we saw Mississippi State against us. You can catch it and throw it even if nobody touches the guy. If you're in the in the shotgun, the guy can come running in there. Nobody touch him if you throw it on time. He he can come unblocked and you get rid of it. So, uh, but so consequently, we got to cover these guys short. I mean, you just can't line up off of them. And uh, I will say this, our defense this year matches up a little bit better because we don't, even though we had two pro corners, we don't play the press man that we played last year. We play a lot of bail coverage. We play a lot of off ball coverage. So I don't see him running by us like we saw a couple guys do last year. Now, they could, but I think we're going to make them keep it in front of us and play one more play, and maybe we'll get to the quarterback. if I'm their team looking at our guys, who is this 88? Who is this 44? Everybody knows about 99, but what about 88 and 44? Freaks. I mean, these two guys – these two guys are wreaking havoc. I mean, everybody's got to take care of Davis. And then here comes Kobe Dean running through whatever gap he sees. I mean, he's like a heat seeking missile on rushing the passer. I mean, he, he just looks like he's got a, you know, like one of those basketball players. Any, you know, Curry shoot it anywhere you want to. Hey, Nicole, running through any damn gap you want to. Just get him <laughs> and harass him. And then you got Tyndall. Uh, who's really turned into an ace rusher off the edge. I mean, he's quick. And um, they got a lot of preparation problems. And we got to work on blocking Anderson, but they got to work on blocking a lot of guys. I mean, it's going to be, be difficult there.
0: Sin Channing, I'm with you there, Coach. And also, I expect to see them basically look at, what, look at what Georgia did in that Clemson game. Catch and release, catch and release, catch and throw it, going, catch and throw it, going. spread them out. And just hope that one of your guys can beat one of Georgia's guys on a um, – on a missed tackle. So, I think that, that's the way I, when you have a pass we block did, issues.
1: We did a talking about? Are you talking about Georgia throwing the ball early against Clemson? Or yeah, are you talking just,
0: about – No, they threw it really quickly. They caught it. Georgia caught it. Got rid of the ball fast. Right. If, if I'm Bryce Young, I'm thinking, hey, if, if, if we have pass block issues, let's not make it so that my guys have to pass block very long. I'm going to catch it, throw it quickly. Like you said, spread them out and just hope that uh, your slot guy, your X, your Y, your Z – uh, can make your the other guy miss, you know, and keep – So you're, keep, saying keep Alabama, you're saying that Alabama
1: – you're saying that Alabama is going to do what Georgia did against Clemson and Alabama is going to do against us. Not us did that against Alabama. Right. Right. I think we'll do some of that to them too. I mean, I, I think they, they've got a, their safeties. both their safeties this week. You think they're sleeping good looking at 19?
0: No, no, no. Or I mean, or Zero.
1: Or one. <laughs> um, I'm just talking about 19. I know. <laughs> I, you know, everybody used you to say, say a number, long, just throw it to 19. Hey, everybody used to say, you know, when, it, when there's a good player, number 19 in your program, number one in your one heart. One in your heart. Yes, sir. Hey, that guy, the guy is just, uh, we waste a lot of plays on him in practice too. I mean, uh, what I mean is, hey, just say that one for the game, will you? Brock. Don't you like to make that good a catch in practice? I mean, uh, and I haven't seen him practice that much lately, but he just—that guy comes out there with a mean on every day. I mean, he's got a good deme- demeanor, but he competes, and and you don't want to, you don't want to cover him really. I mean, if you're the other guy out there in practice, I mean, it's it's hard to cover the guy. I mean, I don't uh, care if the I- Tight, wide in the backfield, he he just a mismatch. Well, here's a question him, I want to
2: tackle uh, Darnell. This is from a uh, coach, a uh, username Coach on the dog. Coach. How, All right, How's how you would going, you coach? how would you scheme plays for Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington in the red zone?
1: How would I scheme them? Well, we saw a good one the other day when uh, we saw Bowers line up as a wide guy on the goal line and run the fade route and we threw it. So we got that. We got that to Washington. We hadn't shown. We got the, uh, you know, we got plays where we we basically tag receivers about where they line up. You know, even though they are supposed to be a tight end, they can line up in other positions, even though they're in the same personnel groupings. You understand that? Just, just, just take that the normal place for a tight end, in a three-by-one is the lineup as the inside receiver on the two-receiver side. That's where a tight end lines up. But you have the same kind of configuration with players in the game and tell him to line up where the X does and the X line up where the tight end does. You know, I mean, you still three-by-one, but instead of uh, A.D. Mitchell being the split end, he's now the tight end, and Bowers is out as the, as the uh, wide receiver. So – what do they do? Do they put a corner over there on him? And uh, then all of a sudden they got a safety on A.D. Mitchell or do they put the safety out on him and move the corner over? So, That's um, devious. Munk- really Munkin devious. Is, Munkin is really, uh, you know, mad scientist type guy so as doing stuff like that. And I like that too. I mean, I like to make the other team worry about things like that. And you can do the same thing with Darnell. Let's say you got two tight ends in the game and two wide receivers. Now you can let Darnell get where one of the wide receivers might be. And we haven't shown that. We showed in the spring game where he lined up wide and then Jackson had to try to tackle him. But I think we could do that. I mean, we could do a lot of things. But the biggest thing you got to do in a game like this is execute. And uh, I said this earlier, uh, and I'm excited I'm talking a lot, but because I know what we're, we're capable of is just that, you know, when you have a chance to make a play in a big game, you better make it. Yeah. You don't get you don't get a, a reload it and play it over or run that play back and let's let's try it again like you do in practice. You only got one shot. It's like when you run a special play; you're not going to be able to run that again. They're going to adjust to it. So, hey, if you got a chance to work it, make it work. And that's what I used to used to talk about in practice. I said we got an advantage here with this situation. And they're going to adjust to it. But before they adjust, we got to take care of it. So if it's your job to do that and be the guy in that situation, everybody, the rest of the 10 players are counting on you to do it. And you better do it because you only got one shot. Like anything, you got one chance, let's go for it. So uh, big game, big game. Probably be the, I mean, I don't know. I would probably be on the internet, but I said, this could be the hardest game we've played of the last three, you know, you know, as far as just pressure, everything about it, all of it. Uh, I don't see any of those other teams presenting the problems that, that this team does, even well, though they I, played poorly against, against Auburn. I mean, they got some firepower.
0: And yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right, Coach. You can go back and look at this. It feels like when Georgia played uh, – uh, Alabama in that SEC title game, and then well, was Alabama? I think faced Notre Dame or somebody, and that you know right after that's like if Georgia, had, you know, who went toe to toe with Alabama, and then Alabama blows out Notre Dame. You know that if you had won that game, you'd have faced a just what about 2011
1: or what? what right, I remember, whatever it
0: was. It's like the the, the yeah. national championship game was the week before. Yeah, a lot of times
1: you don't know that, but hey, I know.
0: But I'm just it's, saying it's, I it's just yeah, one game.
1: Way. It's one game at a time, but. You got to look at these guys like this is it. You know, we got to, and you got to yeah, be, you got to get every ounce of preparation out of the way, too.
0: I'm more worried about Alabama than I would be facing Cincinnati, is my point. And if you face Cincinnati in the playoffs, it, to me, is it, your bigger challenge was in the SEC title game. Yeah. That's the way I see it. think yeah. that's what the next one
2: That's true. I want to do a speed round because we have a lot of questions and about fifteen minutes left. So Rod, I wanna, I'm i ready for it. I'm did you want to knock it. out any of the sponsors? Yeah, I, I before did want to mention our round? friends over.
0: Yeah, I did want to mention our friends at your pie I mentioned them in the first uh, section when I first came on the show. Say, so, hey, when you were getting your uh, meals ready for this SEC title game, hit up our friends at EuroPie. There's a ton of locations all over the Southeast. Uh, you can order on the app. You get double points if you order today. So go ahead and do that. They have the big fourteen-inch pie that you can customize however you want it, you know, if you want to get it for a bunch of people, you can do two, a couple of those, or you can do the individuals, you can do the salads, you can do the sandwiches, you can do the custom pastas, you can do the gelato, you can get the brownies, all that fun stuff uh, from our friends at EuroPie. High. Uh, Drew and Natalie French, die hard, die hard Georgia fans. So when you're thinking, hey, we need something to eat for the game, we need something to eat tonight, if you want to support, georgia fans georgia alums folks who are big in the athens community folks who give back to the university hit up our friends at any of the your pie locations the your pie franchisees are hard working people they support the folks in their community they usually have uh, uh craft beer in their uh, restaurants so you go in you sit down with your uh pizza you can go get a, a, a local beer you know i mean they're taking care of the people uh who make great beer around here so uh, they're also doing a free delivery for a limited time so check check them out but go by the uh, use the your pie app or go by the your pie uh, uh, YouTube page to put it in an order find the location near you set it up again it's completely customizable from the crust to the sauce to all the toppings they don't charge you each topping you can get as much on there or as little as you want and it's fantastic pizza Also, i do want to mention our friends over at athens ford they sponsor the watch along show when you are watching this georgia alabama game you do want to watch it with us on the second screen you have you know have cbs up on your big screen tv wherever you're doing it but then have a laptop beside you or your phone or an ipad and watch go to our our youtube page and you will see coach calling plays before they happen breaking this stuff down he does a great job with it and that is sponsored by our friends at uh, athens ford now Of course, that's the place where you get a lifetime powertrain warranty on new or used vehicles. Uh, This place has a great uh, service bay, so uh, if you need any service done, hit that up. But they also do a lot for the community, and every person who goes up there and buys a car between now and I think it's December 18th, they will donate a brand new bicycle to a child in the community. So... You not only get a new vehicle or a pre owned vehicle, you get to give a gift to a child in need in the Athens community. They're also sponsoring the uh, lights of botanical gardens. So, if you want to go out on Millage to the State Botanical Gardens, the lights out there are going to be amazing. Athens Ford is sponsoring that as well. So, again, they give back to the community multiple ways. And at this time of year, you can too. So, hit them up.
2: All right, so here we go. We'll do a speed round here, and I'll speed get round. to the YouTube questions in here as well. This is from the Sports Vent. Coach, I'm sure UGA can access every Bill O'Brien coach snap ever. How far do they go back to get tendencies? What's the balance of being prepared and being too overloaded to play fast?
1: Well, this summer they, they did a lot of work on the Houston Texans, I'm sure, and uh, looked at all the stuff they did there particularly goal line and short yardage. And then uh, this year they they go a big breakdown. And then you watch the the last few games that Georgia played against them. You, you look at that and you put all of it together. and uh, But uh, usually uh, that's more of just the historical perspective. You really hone in more on on this year because you, the personnel that's playing uh, dictates a lot of how a guy called the game. But one thing he does do, he doesn't run a lot of tempo. He runs the clock down, which, uh, you know, gives you a chance to kind of move your front around or move your coverage and disguise it. But also gives them a chance to check off, too. But they really run the clock down an extremely a long way. Uh, I thought they were going to go fast against, and I predicted it. I would have done that against Auburn. They didn't do it. So hopefully they won't against us. What we got next
2: The Middle Georgia UGA Dog Pound asks what uniforms is Georgia wearing in this game? Uh, It's the white uniform top. It's an alternate every year east and west. Who gets the home and away jerseys? Right. Good answer. Uh, this is from Steve's gourmet on UGA sports.com. He says, I think every Georgia fans biggest fear here is a non-existent running game that forces Stetson Bennett to win this game with his arm. Will Georgia have success running the ball or will Stetson have to play the game of his life throwing 30 plus attempts, which he isn't used to,
1: you know, he hasn't been used to it in the game, but in practice he does it. And, uh, the biggest misnomer in the history of the dog vent is, his arm. Uh, his arm is is uh, right there with JT's. Not as good as JT's, but uh, his arm is a lot stronger compared to JT's arm than JT's feet are compared to Stetson's feet. So uh, there there you go there. But uh, if if we have to throw it 30 times to win it, we can we can do it. Uh, I don't think we'll stop our run, but. Uh, uh, Y'all can fire me from the from this show and all the fans can get pissed off at me. I'm a big, big believer in JT, no question about it. I, I mean, I hope he gets to play, uh, you know, when he gets his opportunity. But I'm a big believer in Stetson Bennett, too. We would be in a big pile of manure if we hadn't had him this year. I promise you, with what he did, the way he executed. And uh, uh, one day, I wish Kirby would just – Take a practice film and put it on the dog vent and watch Stetson carving up our defense. I wish he would just do that just to show all these non-believers what that guy's capable of, that he can't throw the ball uh, like these other guys. Well, all you got to do is ask Kendrick, ask Stephen Ringo, ask Smith, ask those other guys, what kind of arms Stetson got? Just ask them.
2: We'd allow that on the dog, man. That's yeah. okay. We, we can we, we the, can accept that. The ball ain't that heavy. He can throw it 30 <laughs> times.
1: He can throw it, and he can throw it good. I mean, look at what he did last year in the first half. I mean, he threw a couple bad ones in the second half, no question. But our defense let us down the second half. We had that game under control, and they got some big plays on us. Uh, they scored a lot of points. We had, you know, any way you look at it, it was a team loss for sure. It wasn't Stetson Bennett.
2: Coastal VA Dog asked, why does Erickson continue to start over Truss when it's obvious that Truss is the better right guard?
1: Well, it's obvious he's bigger and stronger, but as far as productivity, as far as assignments, as far as being graded, look at the whole picture there. I mean, he's a bigger guy, but he makes mental errors. He he makes uh, mistakes. Another guy doesn't. So uh, when when you add those up, He's very productive in helping in the, the other, the center and the right tackle and protection. He's just not a real powerful guy. But uh, all, all I would say is Matt Luke's an O-line coach, and he's playing the guy. So whatever he says, I'm going with.
2: PA Dog 6'10", what would your scheme be on defense to stop Williams and Mechie from Alabama? Good question.
1: Well, you got to mix up your coverages. The first thing you got to do is get pressure on the young. You, you look at AM, they got tremendous pressure on him. You look at Auburn, they pressured him too. And when you get him, it's a like, lot like, like Bo Nicks or like these mobile courts. You got to get him down. Now, his most prolific plays are when he moves around the pocket and hits big plays on, on guys when they run an alternate route, what we call a scramble drill. The receivers are taught to go someplace and run a route, but when the quarterback Start scrambling, and each guy's got a per- place on the field that he needs to go. That the quarterback's going to know where he is, so he can throw it to it. It's just not the assigned route there. So the scramble drill is very proficient with Alabama. They do a good job with it. So I would say contain young first of all, and then uh, mix up your coverage on these guys, and don't let them get a good field for you where you where they know they can beat you. I mean, we're not going to line up all the time and press man. Uh, what, what I would say is they're going to probably move those guys inside a little and, and attack Breenie and attack some of our uh, safeties uh, more than our corners. I could see that happening with these guys. So we got to protect our safeties and uh, use some different looks there, you know, line up in two shell and squat down. If everybody remembers in the first championship game uh, in 17, uh, we did a really good job where, our free safety looked like he was playing one coverage and then scrambled back to the middle uh, Richard LeCount and got the interception in the end zone, completely screwed up the read of, uh, of Tua because Kirby knew the reads and uh, he showed them one thing that Kirby and Tucker did. He showed them what the read was, but played a different coverage with it. So there's going to be a real advantage that, that Kirby knows a lot about their system. Uh, even though O'Brien is there, Nick's got the same system in that he used uh, regardless
2: of who the coordinator is. From Roxy82, what do you expect out of George Pickens this week?
1: Well, the first thing, I was glad that he got to play a little bit last week, and uh, I, I really was surprised that Roddy predicted that. I didn't know. I was in Oklahoma, so I didn't know what he was doing, but it was good to see him out there, and I think they just got his feet wet. but uh They'll have a limited package for him, and uh, he'll be uh, – some of it will be decoy, and some of it will be the real deal. So the fact that he is out there means he's cleared, and uh, I could see him making a big impact on the game. Uh, where he can help you is if he's out there, you can't double cover Brock Bowers. I mean, you can't. Uh, so that that helps you right there, just the symbolism, of him, him being in the game. We've seen Burton start to make a, a bigger role. He's got a touchdown to reception uh, ratio that's unbelievable this year. I mean, he hasn't caught that many passes, but so many for touchdown. There's another example here. I gotta say it again. Do you know many people that can back up off his back foot and flip the ball 35 yards like Stetson did on that pass? Just a flick of the wrist. I mean, with a weak arm. <laughs> I mean that pass right there was incredible. I, I hit Roddy with that, that's un, unreal. So, uh, and Bert should have one, two more touchdowns. He was. If you uh, can get one dark. thing off if you get one thing off of this show or this year or anything. The say Stetson Bennett has a, a, a not strong arm or, lead, or not a, a big arm, I mean, I would lay all my credibility of coaching of. Being in the Hall of Fame, whether I should be in it or not, or winning a national championship or doing anything, I can tell you right now, the guy has a big-time arm, a big-time arm. And if, you got, if, you, if anybody there, if you're an accountant, you know more about accounting than I do. If you're a doctor, you can save lives. If you're a policeman, you can drive that car and cut your red light on. But I'm a coach, and I'm telling you, that sucker can hum it.
0: But well, he could in high school, so apparently I don't know why he lost that ability. So here's a question from Kevin. So can Mills, JT? Well.
1: So can J.T. So yeah, can, so can Vandergrift? They all four can throw it like a ball machine. They're all, they're all great. I love I I love to watch them just spin the ball because I'm a quarterback coach. They can spin it. They can spin it. They can
2: throw it. They can hum it. hum, They can do it all. From Kevin, uh, Kelvin Mills on our Facebook page. Is Georgia going to drop defensive linemen back in soft coverage for those slant passes?
1: I think we could see some uh, show them a 50 and give them a five. By that, I mean, you know, when you're going in the parking lot and you give them the 10, show them the $50 bill. And then when he comes over to get it, give them a five. You line up on the, the tackle uh, and move him back like we did Walker against Florida. And tip the ball. I mean, you gotta give him some different looks and confusion. This guy's a brilliant quarterback. He, he's very good, well coached. So we can see that. That's a good point. We could we we use a lot of different looks where linebackers move up and move back and what we call joe Jojo 'em. And uh, you know, we can see a lot of that. You gonna see a lot of pre snap movement in this game. And more than normal because they run the clock down. You can't do that when a team's going fast because you better be ready to show your defense and go. But when they're jacking around back there,
2: changing their protections, you can move around too. Question from Jason G17. How does a weak running game for Alabama help Georgia's pass defense? Does that allow Georgia to keep the safeties high to prevent the big plays?
1: Sure. I mean, if you're not concerned about the run, you can rush the passer better, you can uh, not, not have to worry about getting run support or getting eight in the box. But I still think that they're cap- they're going to be capable of running the ball. Some I mean, that's the one thing that we're not great at, stopping the run. You watch UAB, you watch uh, last week Tech running the ball in the boundary. I mean, uh, we're playing to stop the big play against them. That's the only way they can score. So, you know, even a, a not a very good team can run the ball. When you have an edge there and you got one on one, I mean, you got a hat on the hat. Then good athletes going to make yards. I'm not saying that that that's uh, that's going to be a real staple, but uh, we were outstanding at stopping the run. If the, if they're just a running team, nobody's going to run the ball on us because we'll stop them. But when we're playing the pass and what watching for a long play and all, then they're capable of making some yards. Because I mean, that's just the way
2: it is. You can't stop every play, cole. From Chris Tittle on our Facebook page, which team has the better special teams?
1: I would say right now we got a better uh, punting game. Uh, Their kicker's pretty good. Uh, They had a faux pas the other day. We dropped the snap on a on a field goal that hurt them. But uh, you know, I think it's pretty close to being a wash on special teams.
2: The uh, final question from the dog vent. we can sneak another in here too, but I want to make sure we get to this because it leads to uh, our mouth-watering players of the week for SEC championship game. Uh, And and I guess we could do offense and defense if we want, but Grand Moth Tarkin says, Roddy, which player on offense do you think will have the best game Saturday and why? The best So let's just turn that into mouth-watering player of the game. You can choose offense. Best player on offense. He asked specifically about offense. Uh. I'll give you mine if you want me to. Go ahead, Stetson F. Bennett, the fourth.
0: I like to say that. I'm thinking, and I'm because Coach and I were talking about this before. Uh, I want to go with James Cook again because I just think, or I'm trying to decide between James Cook and Brock Bowers. But I'm thinking, when you, when you remember when uh, James Cook just say one of them say I, I, I Just say one of them. That's what I'm just trying to decide between the two. I'm going to stick with uh, James Cook because I think he, he'll, have good, he'll be able to run the ball well. And I think they're, every time you line up to take out the run, they'll just throw it to him, and he, he'll just torch Alabama.
1: So good, I'm stick with James Cook. Good answer. I'm going with
2: Bowers. Yeah? <laughs> good answer. I'm going with the other one that you didn't yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> I right, could
1: yeah. go with Bennett too, but I mean, I think, I think we'll have a good offensive production. Uh, I, I think we i got to tell you that
0: we, I'll say, hope it's Zeus. I hope he just runs it. You know, gets 150 yards rushing. We've got just, a lot of,
1: a lot of choices there, but choose up the clock. The biggest thing for us is we got to avoid loss yardage plays. If we, or on the sticks, the way we're rhythm team, we're good. But when we have the three and outs is when the first down runs don't make anything. And then, you know, we don't, you know, we had two three and outs in a row the other day when we ran the ball twice on first down uh, in, the, in the first half. But, hey, that's getting a little picky there. But uh, what else we got?
2: Uh, I mean, most of the questions we've already touched on, a lot of questions uh, about, do you like Stetson if this turns into a shootout? Do you like George's matchup, uh, cornerbacks on Bama's receivers? We've touched on a lot of that. We're getting late in the show, so I just want to make sure that we – yeah, I
1: think on- before the game, uh, Stetson and, and uh, Young should go out there and and stand beside each other and see which one of them is the tallest.
0: It would be a close run thing. I made that point early in the season. They are, they're very similar. How can
1: How can they play quarterback for their teams? I mean, they're right. too short.
2: Well, we'll end with this one, and then I, I do want to give you J-Sports promo. But Greg Goose says, how do you contain Will Anderson all game? Every team's trying to figure that out. Hold him. Make,
1: make him miss the bus, man. <laughs> uh, we're not going to contain him. I mean, uh, all you got to do is is try to just limit. Uh, if you get too caught up in trying to do too much with him, they got some big old guys up front that make some plays that can run. Now, they, they're D-line's. Easily the best D line we played, and we're going to have to, you know, block those guys too. So, like I said, we'll have a a scheme and some different protections to confuse him. But the thing they do very well is they line him up in a lot of different places. I mean, he he's big enough. Listen to Nick talk; he's big enough to line up inside and and rush the passer. He he lines up all across the line there. And when you got a great player like you know we had Lawrence Taylor at North Carolina, he just Hey, sometimes you say, "Hey, Lawrence, just line up anywhere you want to. I don't care. Just go on and, <laughs> go on and rush the passer, man. I mean, that's just the way it is. We had, the, I there. mean, I was thinking we had some guys in practice. I had used to block against Lawrence Taylor, only is Ryan Bosworth. I mean, uh, Richard Seymour, Marcus Stroud. I mean, you got to." You got to be careful there. They don't just annihilate your team in practice. I mean, it's ridiculous. And you got the same thing now with Jordan Davis and Carter and those guys. That's the one thing that that I would say. In parting, you know, your parting shots. This is our my parting shot here. Is our team since August the fourth, when we started practice on offense, has been in a survival mode against our defense out there five days a week. So anything we see from any other team is not going to be any better than what we practice against nine million times.
2: Great point. A lot of people in the chat say Darnell Washington will be able to help on Anderson. Hope so.
1: He's overdue. He's about 12 months pregnant. I mean, <laughs> he, hasn't had, he hasn't had many shots, but he makes them. That'd be great. We've been, we've been holding them back. We could have a Washington and Pickens show.
0: Oh, man, that would be fun. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this week's show. Uh, Thank you for joining us earlier. Uh, Be sure to tune in next Tuesday at noon, where we will be recapping the SEC title game for good or ill and looking ahead to the playoffs. And, uh, of course, don't miss the uh, uh, watch long show this Saturday. We'll probably start about 3.50 or so. Uh, You definitely want to be there. And uh, if any of you are not members of ujsports.com, you really need to join right now because they have a 80% off deal this week. It's 80% off, 8-0. So you, normally a membership to Sports is $99.95. You can actually get it for $20.21, basically for the year, 2021. So just go to the front page of ujsports.com. You'll see the link there. Hit it. The code is Rivals2021, R-I-V-A-L-S-2021. Sign up, and you'll get your first year new members, first year free, or first year for $20.21. So hit them up and uh, jump on that uh, deal right now. We're a record number of subscribers, and we hope to keep uh, growing that. So join us when you can. And We will talk to you folks. uh, we'll, uh, We'll see you all Saturday for the game. Take care.